0: my Savior. I shall not be moved in His loving favor. I shall not be moved just like a tree that's planted by the waters. I shall not be moved. Oh, now I shall not be. I shall not be moved. Oh, I shall not I shall not be moved, just like a tree that's planted by the waters. I shall not be moved, and in my Christ abiding, I shall not be moved. In His love, I'm hiding. I shall not be moved, just like a tree that's planted by the waters. I shall not be moved, oh now I shall not be, I shall not be moved, oh I shall not be, I shall not be moved, just like a tree that's planted by the waters, I shall not be moved, Oh now I shall not be I shall not be moved and I shall not be I shall not be moved. just like a tree that's planted by the waters I shall not be moved And I'm drinking at the springs of living water Now am I, my soul they satisfy I'm drinking at the springs of living water A wonderful and bountiful supply I thirsted in the barren land of sin and shame And nothing satisfying there I found but to the blessed cross of Christ one day I came Where springs of living water did abound So I'm drinking at the springs of living water And happy now am I, my soul they satisfied I'm drinking at the springs of living water Bountiful supply. How sweet the living water from the hills of God! It makes me glad and happy all the way. Now glory, grace, and blessing mark the path I've trod. I'm shouting hallelujah every day. So I'm drinking at the springs of living water. Happy now am I, my soul is satisfied I'm drinking at the springs of the living water Oh wonderful and bountiful supply Oh sinner won't you come today to Calvary A fountain there is flowing deep and wide the Savior now invites you to the water free Where thirsting spirits can be satisfied So I'm drinking at the springs of living water And happy now am I My soul is satisfied I'm drinking at the springs of living water Oh wonderful bountiful supply. So I'm drinking at the springs of living water. And happy now am I, my soul is satisfied. I'm drinking at the springs of living water. Oh, wonderful and
1: bountiful
0: supply.
1: Amen. We just want to welcome you to the service this evening. Uh, Let's put it in the key of G. Actually, I'm sorry, brother. Put it back in the key of F. Let's sing the song, Hold to God's Unchanging Hand. Well, time is filled with swift transition
0: And night of earth move, can stand. So build your hopes on things eternal, and hold to God's unchanging hand. So hold to God's unchanging hand. So ever years may bring And if my earthly friends forsaken Still more closely to Him be Or now just hold to God's unchanging hand just hold to God's unchanging head And build your hopes on things eternal Hold to God's unchanging hand So covet not That so rapidly decay God's unchanging hand, oh, hold to God's unchanging hand, and build your hopes on things eternal. journey is completed Oh if to God you have been true Oh now fair and bright the home in glory Your enraptured soul will Just hold to God's unchanging hand Oh, just hold to God's unchanging hand Or now just hold to God's unchanging hand, and hold to God's unchanging hand, or just build your hopes on.
1: down just a bit before we uh, take our needs to the Lord here this evening.
0: Oh, God will make a way where there seems to be no way. He works in ways we cannot see.
1: prayer requests this evening, but uh, these prayer requests are, God already knows them, and we all believe, I'm sure, that as we sing, He does make a way. He can make a way for these requests and any unspoken prayer requests that you have. So, but uh, we just uh, want to remember the Smiths this evening. Uh, We still want to remember them, that the Lord would just be with them and give them a touch. And we just want to remember our brother Joe Drum as well, that the Lord would just continue to touch him. Uh, I also have a request here for Sister Elizabeth Tawari from Michigan. Uh, we just want to remember her in prayer. And uh, We have uh, uh, Sister Ava Brown here. We just want to remember her in prayer. She is here this evening, but uh, we just want to remember her and the family. And I also just continue to remember Brother Burley as well on his uh, road to recovery uh, from his accident and different health conditions going on there. And uh, we also have some who are not with us this evening, and uh, we just want to remember them, Brother John Harwell being one of those. Uh, so we just want to remember that uh, God would just uh, give him safe traveling mercies this, uh, today. And uh, that is all the prayer requests that I have wrote down. But as I said, we all have unspoken prayer requests. I know, but just by the lifting of your hand, the Lord knows that need. And if I could have Brother Stephen come at this time. Brother Stephen's come at this time. Let
2: us pray. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day, O God. Thank you for the opportunity to come into your house, dear Lord, and hear a word from you. Just come humbly before you, O God, lifting up these needs, those that are afflicted in the body, dear Lord. We just ask you to be with your saints. Help them restore them, dear Lord. Allow them to recover where they could be amongst us once again, O God, because we know that is their desire, O God, is to just be with the body, dear Lord, worshiping you. We just ask oh god for those that are away those that are traveling we just ask you to give them safe travels bring them back to us oh god safely um, we just ask you to be with the minister tonight dear lord just use them as a vessel a tool in your hands oh god we just ask you to anoint our ears to hear what we have need of oh god We just love you and we thank you we ask all these things in the name of jesus christ we pray amen
1: Thank you. You may have your seats. We'll just take a few minutes here uh, before Brother Barry comes just to sing a few songs and uh, just kind of take some time and just worship the Lord. I don't have any specials, so uh, we can just sing a few songs together. So we need you, Lord. We need you, Lord. i Softly, if the deacons would come forward for the tithes and offering at this time. Brother Chris, if you would just pray the tithes and offering. Sing this says, Brother Barry, comes this evening, and just keep this atmosphere in, in your hearts.
0: So we exalt the
3: Standing tonight, take your Bible and let's do a reading. And then I'll give you a couple of announcements here in Exodus chapter 14. We're going to begin there tonight. New heavens, new earth. Number eight. Don't assume I know how you feel about this service and this little series because I've not done the mind reading course. So, no one's gotten up and walked out. That's a good sign. Uh, but I, I always appreciate your feedback. That's what I'm saying. I always do appreciate your feedback. And um, that's always always helpful for me, helpful for any minister. Trust it's a blessing to you. Exodus chapter 14, we'll begin in verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they turn and encamp before Pahiroth, between Migdol and the sea, over against baal zephon before it shall before it shall ye encamp by the sea for pharaoh shall say of the children of israel they are entangled in the land of the wilderness they are entangled in the land the wilderness has shut them in and i will harden pharaoh's heart that he shall follow after them and i will be honored upon pharaoh and upon all his strength or all his host, that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord, and they did so. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity we have to be able to bow in your presence tonight, and Lord, to be able to come into this comfortable place, and to be able to take our Bibles and study the Word of God. We, Lord, we don't, uh, we're not at all uh, intimidated, Lord, by the simplicity of, of this service we're not uh, in any way apologetic about it lord it it i believe it's something that's pleasing to you and people to come together in faith and lord we just are here to worship you we're here to listen we're here to learn and be challenged and to grow and to become aware of the times we live in and we ask lord jesus that you would reach down and just take each one under your control And, Lord, as we look around and see one another, Lord, we're all going through different things and different situations and circumstances that we face. And, Father, there are many needs that are represented among us as a body and as a people, Lord, and I just commit them all to you now and believe, Lord, that you do care about us and about what we face and the things, Lord, that really trouble us. Have your way now, we pray. And we'll give you thanks and glory and honor because you deserve it. In Jesus' lovely name, amen and amen. You may be seated tonight. God bless you. Good to be in God's house with God's people. I welcome all of you here tonight. Uh, good to have Brother Tim back with us tonight. Brother Tim, uh, is Surgery Friday. I see the doctor on Friday. Okay. God bless you. Now, I have one more question for you, Brother Tim. How'd you get here tonight? Right. Ah, wonderful. Brother Aaron, the man. All right. Um, good to have you both with us tonight. God bless you. I appreciate all of you making the effort today, uh, tonight and being here. Today is Sister Smith's, Sister Mary Smith's 83rd birthday. And, uh, by faith, we know she's out there. And, uh, Sister Smith, we wish you all the very best and a uh, happy birthday today. Uh, also, as well, we have uh, uh, the Johnsons who are moving. If you read your update uh, I sent out late last night, uh, the Johnsons are, have got another place, uh, a new house that they're moving into. They're going to need some help on Saturday morning. And uh, we're thanking you in advance for helping out moving Saturday morning. For those of you that are available, and I'm sure that on the other end, uh, there's probably some things. So the best thing to do would be to be in contact with uh, the Johnsons and just, you know, if, if you're able to be available for even a little while to let them know you're willing to help, uh, maybe on Saturday, maybe on another evening or something, unpacking boxes or helping Sister Johnson. Uh, she's right at delivery time, so uh, we're praying for her for that as well and uh has a bunch of little kids and so there's certainly lots to do and uh, i'm sure whatever help uh would be appreciated there so uh i put in the uh new address in the update last night so you're certainly welcome to uh get in contact with them or with the pews they're uh they're able to get you connected there we um we also too regret the fact that uh, none of the Cockman's here. David and Jesse Cochman family are here tonight. They had a flood in their basement uh, on Monday, Tuesday, Tuesday, this week. And uh, we, uh, uh, we're praying that the insurance will come through and help do some repairs for them. Uh, Water is a great thing to have outside the house, uh, just like it's a great thing to have outside the ship. And uh, we, we just pray that uh, the insurance will come through, and if not, I told them we 'd uh, stand with them and, and uh, do all we can to help them uh, because uh, it 's not a very pleasant thing to have a bunch of flooding in your house that 's for sure. So um, we appreciate you that have already jumped in and helped, and uh, we 'll keep you updated there on that on that uh, request. Um, Let me give you uh, just a a couple of pictures here. And I I received these today, and I'm just excited about these because these are uh, new nations here. And this is uh, Nigeria. There's a bunch of material that uh, finally made it over to Nigeria. And this is the western side of Africa. We don't very often talk about uh, the western side, but uh, this is an important side, actually, for us. Uh, Here's Nigeria right here in this part. And then right here is the nation of Ghana. Right here. Now, Brother Tim is from Ghana. Sister Florence is from Ghana. Brother Daniel uh, is from Ghana. Brother uh, Caleb Homerver is from Ghana. Several people, Brother William Ansong uh, here, is from Ghana. And uh, we appreciate all of our Ghanaians. And Brother Caleb Homerver. Uh, was instrumental in helping to get uh, the coordination done to get the books into Nigeria. It was a very, very complex process, and it took us about a year uh, just to work through the red tape there. But they finally got uh, the materials in their hand, and uh, they're all very excited about having that. And uh, this is in the language of Yoruba. And uh, there's a whole bunch of people in that part of the world who speak Yoruba, and uh, they're very, uh, very happy. i got to appreciate the colors. And, uh, they're all very happy to have, uh, this new, uh, new resource. And, uh, we're working on getting them Bibles now if we, if we can. Uh, this also is Windehek, Namib- Namibia. And, uh, this is, uh, exciting as well because now out of South Africa, we're putting a lot of materials into South Africa. And, uh, from there, they're being, uh, trucked up to, uh, places like, uh, Namibia and Botswana. And I had a a, a picture recently of ministers who gathered in Botswana. And there are believers that are scattered all through this part of the world as well. So here we are in the map, and Botswana is over here on the western western side of South Africa. And uh, Windhoek is kind of right in the middle here, and uh, that's where uh, these books are. It's interesting because uh, I was trying to understand what uh, Namibia was known for, and it's known for the Great Namib Desert. It covers a lot of the land there, and they say it's a real... Uh, 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 item that people go and visit the country just to be able to go out in the Namib Desert because it's so unique and I saw pictures of it and uh, it's a very unique place. But again, there are a lot of believers in that country. Uh, I've never been there and uh, it's exciting to see materials now coming into there and uh, they're enjoying uh, the uh, supply uh, that's coming. So we're thankful for that. And then also as well, uh, there was... um, Uh, 10,000 Seven Seals books that uh, are uh, on their way as well, this part of the world. Uh, They've been just delivered down into, they were delivered in the Zimbabwe part of them, and then 10,000 went to South Africa. Brother George Smith did a redesign of the Seven Seals book, just like he redesigned the Church Age book, right? Some of you have a new Church Age book that's redesigned, easier to read, nicer layout. And he did the seals the same way. And uh, we already have the Spanish version uh, that's printed now, and it's going to be going on boats pretty soon and going into South America in Spanish. Uh, We'll have some here. Uh, But uh, the English version is right behind that, and we're going to have that uh, available for the rest of the world as well. So... Uh, that's exciting. It'll be real nice to have that companion bo- set of books for nations like this. <clears throat> this is really, really critical uh, because they don't have uh, hardly any material at all in their language. So they're very excited about that. <clears throat> now, um, let's let's turn in the word here, and I'm not going to do much of a preamble at all because we've been talking about this subject uh, for a little bit now, and uh, I want to jump right in here because we're going to, look at this uh, transition between this earth and the world to come. We uh, we are a privileged group of people in the sense that we, uh, we are probably the only generation that has uh, somebody from our side go over to the other side and visit there and tell us what it's like and come back and describe it. What other age do you know has had that privilege? Uh, we, we have an eyewitness, and one of the things that I always remember about Brother Branham's commentary about being over on the other side is that he says very simply, whatever you do, don't miss it. Whatever you do, he says, don't miss it. It's a, it's a place that he found hard to describe. He found, uh, difficult to find the right words, really, to be descriptive, uh, of that place. And, uh, so it, it is something that for us is, uh, I guess in, in a way, it's a little bit more of a reality than just growing up and hearing about heaven or hearing about that dimension, hearing about that world. Uh, when you, when you know somebody or you trust somebody who's gone over and come back and told us about it, uh, that's pretty impressive. And that has an impact. It does on believers because we believe what that prophet told us, right? And so uh it, it is a, an exciting uh, thing for us, really, when we think about it, and that's what the whole goal is. This is what we've, we've been living for. This is what we've been believing for, is for that kingdom, not to continue to live in this one, but in that one, right? I I don't have much confidence that this world is going to get much better. I really don't. Now, uh, in saying that, I, I wanted to make mention here that uh, sometimes uh, I think... Last Wednesday night, I made some comments, and uh, in in a, as I thought about the service, and I always think about the services that I preach, no matter where they are, no matter what they're about. Uh, I don't mean to sound overly negative. Um, I, I know I don't smile very much when I preach, especially uh, you know if it's a serious subject. But uh, there there is in, in a in a real sense, there is in a real sense a work that I think the Holy Spirit's doing to discipline us, as we've used this quote, or prepare us for that land and the transition to that land. And we should not be naive in going forward uh, for the rest of our time here on this earth because I think it's going to get narrower and narrower all the way. I'm not trying to be negative here. I'm just really wanting to tell you the truth, that I'm doing you the best service I can when I tell you that uh, you know, we have enjoyed years. Most of you in this church have enjoyed years uh, of unhindered access to the word. All you had to do was make the effort to come and sit down and stay awake for the, for the service. And, and we've been blessed in that. I'm not, I'm not making light of that. We've been blessed in that. But we don't suffer by God's grace. We don't suffer any kind of overt persecution or trouble or you didn't have to run the gauntlet to get into church here tonight and there's no authorities look, you know, photographing you and getting your names and your job is not at stake because you're part of this church and all of that. We don't have to meet in hiding. We don't have to meet in a secluded place. And I'm thankful for all of that. <clears throat> and over these years, God's allowed us the peace and freedom and comfort to be able to meet in a place like this. But I'm telling you that I, I know, and you know as well, that that could change. And I believe the Holy Spirit has his way of preparing our hearts for the fact that we should be prepared for anything. We should be prepared for whatever uh, the world throws at us here. But uh, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And so we should not fear, we should just be ready. We should just be dressed and ready to go just like the children of Israel were in the first Exodus. And this is what, to me, this is what this discipline is about, uh, knowing the great time that lays ahead of us. Uh, we've, we've, by God's grace, we've made it this far, but we're not there. We still have a ways to go, and so we want to be prepared for uh, the days that lay ahead and everything that it brings at, brings to us, and uh, I, I know that God will see us through. He hasn't brought the Gentile bride 2,000 years up the road just to leave us here at the very end. He wants us to make it. He wants us to cross over. He wants your body to be changed and for you to take your place at the married supper. He wants that even more than you want it, and he's dedicated resources to getting that done, and I believe that. I trust that. It's, it's really our job to uncover that, to discover that and use that and employ it in our lives and, uh, be able to take the Word of God and, and, uh, you know, just, uh, use every bit of it, believe every bit of it, and, uh, trust in God's uh, promises and His strength in order to get us there. And I, I, I'm, I'm saying that as a bit of a preamble tonight because I want to talk about this word, force, or forces. Now, I'm not a physicist. I did physics, uh, in school, but I'm not a, I, I would hardly call myself a physicist, especially in the house of so many, uh, learned, uh, brothers here. But, uh, a force by a simple definition is this. It is a push or a pull acting on an object as a result of its interaction with another object. That's really all a force is. Now, we, we know about different types of forces, right? There are, uh, what, what is referred to here as a spring force. And, uh, a, a spring force is, is that power that lays in a coil spring. And when you, uh, when you unleash that spring, you know, something happens and there are action at a, di- at a distance force. I didn't realize that term existed. Like gravitational forces, right? This is an example of gravitational forces. Uh, because if that person lets go of that rope, they're going to discover that there is a force. Even if they can't see it, the force exists, right? There was somebody recently, unfortunately, who uh, in in uh, Asia somewhere who uh, fell off a wall like this recently, and uh, it was a it was a terrible accident that occurred. But just because we can't see the force doesn't mean it doesn't exist. It does exist. And then there are forces that exist because two objects are going to come in contact with one another, and there's going to be a resulting expenditure of energy, and these vehicles are going to be moved out of their places because of their interaction with one another. So remember now, if you just have a uh, an object that's rolling along the road, that would be considered momentum. It's just you know uh, uh, something that's uh, you know in motion stays in motion. But when another force is acted on it, then it changes course. It's capable of changing course and going another way. That's what we're interested in, all right? Because there are forces at work tonight that we may not think about that I want to show you and expose you to, and forces that we need to be very concerned about. As a matter of fact, there are forces that you need to be praying for that are going to work in your life. Let's take a look. Here's an example. This is a force that's related to choice. For the good man is not at home. This is Proverbs 7. He is gone a long journey. He hath taken a bag of money with him and will come home at the day appointed. And with her much fair speech, this is the temptress. This is the woman that tries to lure this man into her household. And with her much fair speech, she caused him to yield. And with the flattering of her lips, she forced him. She overwhelmed him. Now, he had a choice here. And he goeth after her straightway as an ox goes to the slaughter or as a fool to the correction of the stocks. There are many, many places in the Bible that refer to forces like this, which are a result of people's choices. Now, I believe that if every one of us were given a choice, we would say, Lord, do whatever it takes to force us right out of these bodies and into that kingdom over there. We probably would say that, even though we might not know what that actually means. But the choice, I believe, for the end-time bride is not going to be something that we decide. I believe it's going to be decided by God. Now, let's take a look at a couple of statements here, and I think these are really interesting. Brother Branham says in a super sign, he said, let me make a prediction. And I predict that in the next few years, all organizational religions will be forced to take a stand. And they will have a union of churches, a great boycott will follow this union of churches. Now I read these quotes today and I read them very carefully. And this is uh, a, a, an interesting thing because uh, recently you, you remember I talked a little bit about unions and how that unions are kind of uh, coming back into the picture a little bit. There's some uh, unions that have started in very unlikely places like companies like uh, Starbucks and Amazon and so forth. And uh, this union, this spirit of unionization uh, is a very strong thing. And Brother Branham said that all denominations will be forced into it, all of them, all organized religion. This is pretty amazing. They'll all be forced into this kind of a union. Now, this union wouldn't be by choice because they're forced into it. They'll be believing that it's okay to do that. And Brother Branham said this is something we need to avoid because I believe the promise will be made uh, that, oh, just join up, be a part, of, be under the umbrella, you can believe what you want, do what you want, baptize whatever way you want. I believe it'll be presented that way. But Brother Branham said it will be the thing to avoid, this kind of a unionization. And he says, and if they don't, if they don't come into that union, he said there will be a horrible boycott. Nearly every one of them today has, not knowingly, join the World Council of Churches selling their birthrights, Protestants, brothers with mother of the Catholic uh, Rome. And he says the Bible said that the tares will be bound and bundled first. That's John chapter 13. And the Bible said they would make an image of the beast, and I believe it will come to pass. Surely if people do not join some organization, some church, go in, their doors will be closed. So when I said that earlier about you know facing the times that we live in, uh, we have been able to live very, uh, very uh, apart from, outside of the box of organized religion, right? We're a non-denominational church, and we readily admit that. Whenever anyone asks me, what, what kind of a church do you have? I always say, we're a non-denominational, Bible-believing Christian. We believe the Bible as it speaks. That's what I always say. And they say, oh, wow, really, we do too. And then I often say, my wife has never cut her hair. And then they're like, whoa. Or I'll say something like, we don't have a TV. Whoa. And uh, then people kind of stop because, you know, we didn't know the Bible said that. And uh, so it, it's an interesting thing. But we have been able to uh, freely say we're a non-denominational church. No pressure. Nobody, nobody's saying at this point, all right, you can't be a non-denominational church. You've got to be a part of something. And I believe that day, that day is coming. And I believe Brother Brandon, say, like he says right here, it will come to pass shortly that if people don't join something, if you're not a part of something, then your doors will be closed. The laws are already passed in our country here uh, to seize our property. If need be, uh, that wouldn't be a, a mystery to us. All of those things are already in place for that to happen. But the requirement will be that we'll have to be, we'll be forced together. And Brother Bram says, when that time comes, he said, it'll be a thing that will go right back uh, to Rome again. Now, that's not our destiny, so I believe that God, by his grace, will give us the strength to stand when that force comes against us. And we're going to need that during that time. Now, <clears throat> when it comes to force, uh, supernaturally, there's no force like the force of the Holy Spirit. And Brother Bram talked about Charles Finney, he was a little fellow, about 110 pounds, and he had such a forceful way of speaking uh, one time he was trying the acoustics in a building. They were going to have a revival, and they didn't have a PA system then, so they did it just you know, uh, vocally. And there was a man that was repairing things up in the balcony in the roof, and Finney was there to try the, uh, the acoustics before the meeting started. And after spending much time in prayer for that revival that he was going to hold, he tried his voice to see how it would carry, and he slipped up quickly to the pulpit and said, Repent or perish. And when he said it with such force, after being under the anointing of God, the man dropped out of the balcony down onto the floor, out of the top of the building, because there was such a force that was connected to his voice. Hey, that's the kind of voice that you want to have, right? That, that uh, I believe, the anointing of the Holy Spirit can uh, can do amazing things. So uh, that was uh, Brother Bram. He had many, many stories of things that were similar to that. Now, then he talks about his church, and he says... God is looking to me that I stay in the word and I'm looking to you that you carry out the word in this church. He's looking to me to stay in the word and to bring that, but he's looking to you to see that you carry out the word in this church. And keep it spiritual for remember all the forces of the dark kingdom of Satan will be turned against you as you begin to grow in the Lord. And you must be soldiers, not just fresh recruits. We can't act like newbies all the time. We can't act like we're inexperienced. It is, I believe it is a commandment for us, and I can show you this in, in the Scripture. It is a commandment for us to take the responsibility that God gives to us as he gives us revelation of his word. We have a responsibility. We have a post to stand at. As God reveals more to us, we have to take that and stand. And not only do we take it for ourselves, but like I mentioned on Sunday, we take it to give to others as well. We become the vessels and the voices and the, 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 the people that God uses to impress and to teach another, another generation. We, God wants every generation influenced by the gospel. And he wants that through the people that believe the gospel in the current time that we live in. And so therefore, uh, Brother Branham says that, uh, you know, all the forces of Satan will be turned against you as you begin to grow. And you must be soldiers. You've been trained to fight. And Satan will come uh, among you and cause you dispute with one another. If he can, turn him down immediately. You're brethren and it's the enemy. And we're here to hold a standard in the evening like time when the world is darkened. And the whole church kingdom is going into the Council of Churches. He reinforces the same thing. This is 1963. It's all moving in one direction. And pretty soon, they'll tack a sign on this door saying closed. And then we're going to have to meet other places because they'll certainly close these churches one day if we don't take the mark of the beast. So if we don't go along with that, that force that brings everything together and forces everything together... He says then we'll wind up taking that mark and, and we're depending on staying true to God till death sets us free and that's what we intend to do. How many would agree? That's what we intend to do. But now when you say we intend to do that, you realize that, uh, you know, there, there could be a consequence for that choice that we're making, right? And again, I'm not trying to be negative and not trying to be scary. I'm trying to be at least light in my face in saying this. But we, uh, we realize that, uh, this, like Brother Branham said, that this idea of shunning or, you know, removing somebody who will not join up with this flow that's, that's already begun to happen in the earth here, that, that will actually take place. And then we'll, we'll, be, uh, you know, ostracized and on the, on the other side. So then our meeting then would be probably somewhere different than this. And our meeting would be, uh, would have a little risk associated with it. So it's just important for us. Like, uh, like I, I mentioned on Sunday about Brother Costio coming over from Ukraine, and uh, the work that he does is, is a great work, and I believe that God watches over him. But every day he gets up, he realizes there's a risk associated with what I do. Just, just believing and practicing the gospel and sharing the things that i am given, it, there's a risk associated with that, and I appreciate uh, you know his faithfulness in doing that. So here we are. We've never really known this. And I, I, I know some of you are looking at me like, okay, well, that's what Brother Branham said. We've never really experienced this. And I trust that if we wind up experiencing this, it won't be long. But God will shut it down and take it out, take us out of here. Uh, I, I don't think there's many other things really that need to happen before God takes his bride away. I don't think there's many other things that need to happen in the world. I don't think there's a whole lot of other things need to happen in Israel before God shuts it down and takes us home. It'll happen one day. Do you believe that? It's going to happen one day. And so Brother Branham says one of the things along the way is this pressure that will come. Brother Branham describes the squeeze for us. He talks about tribulation and the Bible describes that. But he says that prior to the tribulation, is a bit of a squeeze. He does not give us a lot of detail about that. He doesn't say a whole lot about what that will actually be like. I believe we've moved into it. I believe we've moved into a time where things are getting uh, tighter and tighter. And they, they can be tighter economically in the world. And, uh, you know, the different things that happen, they can happen pretty quickly and tighten things down so that we're, uh, we're, we're suffering the consequences of uh, circumstances that are in the world. And, uh, hey, we're, we're living in a changing time, that's for sure. All right, let me just, just a little bit more. And there's 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 literally hundreds and hundreds of examples of things like this that he said. All happening because there's forces at work. There's coming a time, he said, when this nation is going to exercise all the power that the beast had before it, which was pagan Rome, when it became papal Rome, and this nation will do that. A lamb represents religion. So Revelation 13 describes this lamb and the power that's given to it. Now, for those of you that know anything at all about history, back in Europe, when papal Rome took over, uh, they took over everything. They took over people's ability, nations' ability to trade and to conduct business with other nations. They controlled movement. Uh, they allowed, gave people permission to travel from country to country and place to place even within the country. Uh, it was in a sense a lot like a socialistic, uh, environment in those nations there and Rome had complete control. And they threatened the people with religion in doing that. And they said, if you don't follow the way that the Roman Church decides here what's happening in your country, uh, then you will, you know, you would have, uh, mortal sin on your soul and that's the way you would die and so forth. And they put fear on the people that they would be lost eternally if they didn't comply with the Roman Catholic Church. Roman Catholic Church has always been famous for doing that. I heard it all my life growing up. But they actually did in, in papal Rome, in Europe, and uh, nations surrounding, they had a great measure of control. They really had a lot of say in what people were able to do. And after a while, Brother Branham said, it received power and spoke like a dragon. Now remember now, he's not just talking about history here, he's talking about the United States. Right? Because... This this anointing is given to the lamb that comes up out of the land, not the sea, but out of the land, which is America. And he said, after a while, it received power, spoke like a dragon, exercised all the power the dragon had before him. And the dragon is Rome always. And Roman denominations of mark, Protestant denomination, image unto the beast, making a power that will force all Protestants together like a union. So he's, he's just given us the interpretation of some of these symbols here, and he says you'll have to be in this council of churches or you won't be able to have fellowship. So that's the force that's, that's coming. It's a religious force that will come and move everything and everybody together. I love this scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 31. They're heading into the promised land under Joshua, and God says, Be strong and be of good courage, and fear not, nor be afraid of them. The land you're going to is filled with people, and all those people don't believe like you. All those people have land that they consider to be theirs, but we're going to possess that land, right? And he says, you're going to encounter these people, hey, be of good courage and fear not. I could say the same thing to us, because I believe that we're moving out into a territory that Satan does not want us to put our feet on. I believe that Satan does not want us to make any more forward progress than what we've made already. He would not to be able to stop us right where we are. And I believe that's why there are forces even within the message community, and I'm not talking about our church here, but in the message community that are designed really to stop the forward progress of the bride of Christ. And the devil knows where to strike. He knows exactly where to uh where to turn up the heat and the and, and to bring the controversies and so forth. Let me tell you, they're all uh they're, they're happening out there, even if even if you're not aware of them, or even if you're not uh seeing any evidence of that. Let me tell you, Satan does not want the bride to make any more progress than what we've made already. He wants to slow us down and stop us. But I say this that we should be of good courage and fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord God, he it is that doeth go with thee, doth go with thee. And he will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. I believe that with all my heart. That he will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. God does not fail in the promises that he's made. He will not forsake thee. He said he'd be with us, even in us, until the very end. I believe that's true. And I know you do too. Brother Branham says in the same, same thing again in fellowship. He said, uh, God let the Hebrew children walk right into the fiery furnace before he ever turned a hand. He's always there. Don't be scared. He's always present. God's not afraid to let you make the decision. God's not afraid to let you make a choice to go into the fire. And to say it like the children of Israel, uh, the three uh, children of Israel that went into the fire, hey, if, if God moves, great. But if God doesn't move, we're still not going to bow to that. We're not going to give in to that. And my goodness, the parallel is very close. He said, he's always present, and if the footsteps of a righteous man is ordered of the Lord, what have we got to fear? If God be for you, who can be against you? So just, again, I'm being repetitive, and I know that, but just, we'll move on here in a second. But just think about this for a minute. Those three children of Israel, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, they They made this decision going to the fire without any evidence that God was going to meet them in the fire and they simply were determined in their hearts to say even if God doesn't do anything from this point on we're not going to bow to that. Now Brother Bram's already given us evidence here in most of these quotes that there will be something to bow to. This is going to wind up being a personal decision that you're going to have to say even if God doesn't do another thing for the bride of Christ, I'm not going to bow to that. And you got to be, I think we all have to be individually ready to make that kind of decision. Because that's where we're moving to. And like I say, I would, not, I would not be doing you the right kind of service if I didn't tell you what a prophet said about where we're going, where this is all leading to. And we know that there's great things on the other side of all of this, right? We know there are wonderful joys that await us. We know there's a wedding supper and a new body and a millennium, a thousand years peace, and then new heavens and new earth out beyond that. We we know that all of that awaits us. But we've got to get there. And getting there, that last couple hundred feet, to me that's going to be the challenging one. And that's the one, I think, where God's not going to be afraid to let you be in a place where you have to make a choice without seeing anything it's going to look like a bridge to the other side. I always say that you know people ask me about uh, when we do we, we do book shipments you know in different parts of the world. People ask me, well, you know, what's the hard part? What what what's the challenge? Because printing's not a challenge for us, and translation's not a challenge for us, and all that. The challenge is this, what I call it, the, the the hundred feet between a between the inside of a boat and the believers who are on the other side of the fence waiting for their books. Very often, it's about 100 feet. And they got to take these books and work them through customs and duty and government regulations and taxes, and everybody wants a cut, and everybody wants a, uh, a little bit under the table or whatever else. And, and this 100 feet is where we spend our most of our work hours is getting, getting these materials. It's all done, all finished, but we gotta get it from here to there. It's only a short distance, but that's what takes up a lot of the time. There gotta be a lot of focus work done on that last 100 feet. And you, and, and the, the ironic thing is that every nation is different. So what, what applies in Honduras doesn't apply in Pakistan, or it doesn't apply in, uh, you know, in, uh, Angola. You, every single nation is different. So you have a new set of challenges every time you do it. Now, what I'm saying to you tonight in in using that illustration is this, is that God has gathered a bride over 2,000 years. And to me, the, the the distance is not way off somewhere. We don't have years and years and years, hundreds of years to go. We just have a little space of time. It's that little gap between today and that day when our bodies are changed. That's what we're focusing on. That's what we're concerned about. And I, 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 again, I, I want to I just, if nothing else, if you don't take anything else from this, is that all these examples like this one here in fellowship reminds us that God's not afraid to let you go to the edge of that pit without anything visible that indicates to you that there's going to be a way out of this and let you make the choice in your heart. Now, he's already got a plan, but you don't see it. He's already got a plan. He's already got to figure it out. He knows exactly how this is going to come out, but you don't. You're just standing there making a the choice, saying that no matter what God does or God does not do, I'm not going to bow to that. May God give us that kind of determination. Brother Bram said, Now, I don't know how the Canadian people are feeling now, but he said the Americans are putting on one of the biggest bluffs that I've ever seen, just like uh, he said, most of the rest of the world, acting like they're not afraid. But he said they're scared to death. Now, this was in, in uh, nuclear threats. This is around the time of the Bay of Pigs and all of that. And Brother Bram said they're hiding the government in all kinds of places, digging in the ground, like whistling in the graveyard. And he describes that, how uh, all these, uh, all these uh, tactics are being employed, you know, to protect the government in case of, uh, you know, atomic blasts to destroy the earth. There's one very close to our house. Uh, if you go a couple hours up the road right by Ron Spencer, Brother Ron Spencer's church, uh, there's a place up there in the mountains there. They say it's really fancy. I've never been there. But they say it's really fancy. And it's within a short distance from Washington. That's why they put this, this uh, uh, bunker there, more than a bunker. And he said, now, just one fanatic to pull the trigger and the whole world will be blowed up. I do not believe that will happen. That's what Brother Bram says. I do not believe that will happen. I don't believe, he says, that the whole world will explode and go into pieces. God cannot defeat his own purpose. The earth was put here, and there will be a millennium reign on the earth for a thousand years after the church is done taken home. God cannot defeat his purpose. In other words, if God made the earth, it would defeat his purpose if uh, Satan got in and blew it all to pieces, and it didn't exist. In other words, it all crumbled and went into nowhere, went into a black hole. But he said the earth was put here. And there will be a millennium uh, upon the earth for a thousand years after the church is done taken home. So the earth isn't going to be blown up. How many believe a prophet said the truth? I've said this many times in many ways. Whatever God wants, God eventually will get. And if you want to know what it's going to be like, In the end of things, in the great wind-up, look at the beginning, because the beginning was an expression of what was in the mind of God. And what was in the mind of God was a beautiful place with God and his family enjoying time together. And Satan came in and spoiled that, isn't that right? That's what the Garden of Eden was. It was a, a perfect place, a beautiful place where God could come down and fellowship with his sons and daughters, and that's what God designed, that's what he had in mind. And he created that and stood back and said, it's good, all good. That's what he did. And if God wanted that, God will get that. He will eventually get that. And he'll get that on this earth. Not another planet. He'll get it on this earth. Do you believe that? He said God cannot defeat his own purpose. The earth isn't going to be blown up. So rest assured that it isn't going to happen. That's just a bluff. So the complete annihilation and destruction of the planet, that will not happen. I can tell you that will not happen, and we'll look in the scripture here in just a moment, and we can be assured of that. But will there be a burning? Absolutely. Absolutely, because God's not going to set foot on this earth until it's cleansed. Now, probably the most famous or well-known quote about the word force is this one right here. It's been quoted lots of times in recognizing your day in this message. And Brother Branham wanted the people, 1964 was that kind of a year where Brother Branham really wanted the people to get it. He was pulling out the stops, starts in Shalom in January, and all of these sermons that come forward uh, are are very plain and very clear. And he wants the people to recognize their day. This is the day God said certain things were going to happen, and it's happening right in front of you. And this is one of the statements he makes in that message. He said, like Israel, back in her promised land, she didn't know how she got there. She was just automatically put back there, Israel back in the land. National force put her in place. And national force will put the church in the World Council of Churches, but the power of God will put the people in the bride. So I want you to take notice. There's three kinds of forces that are operating here forces that God will use to bring a nation like Israel back into its place because then God is going to supernaturally pour himself out upon Israel and and, uh, you know uh, cause things to happen there. But he's got armies and wars and uh, things happening in uh, Europe that force, like the Holocaust, that force Israel back into our land. They were forced away from their uh, homes in Europe and had nowhere else to go. And Israel just barely opens up its doors and uh, the Jews come back into the land again there. It was a national force that did that. National force moves the churches around, causes the World Council of Churches to exist. World Council of Churches uh, to exist, and he says the world forces this way. He says and that way, but God forces upward, and the Spirit of God, which is the Word of God, will put the bride in her place. The Spirit of God, not your pastor. The Spirit of God, not, not the fivefold ministry, but the Spirit of God, which is the Word of God, will put the bride in her place. No national force will do it so we don't need to worry that russia is going to squeeze us into a place or uh you know any government's going to force us into a place let me tell you god is going to god is going to move us by his force which i believe is greater than any national force that exists on the earth god's going to move his bride into her place and then eventually into that kingdom into that dimension god has enough force to be able to move us out of this dimension into the right dimension where we belong forces these are these are obviously powerful forces because the force that moves the bride is stronger than any national force. The force of the of, of the Holy Spirit is capable of doing what national force cannot do the for the power of the Holy Spirit is capable of doing what 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 nations and laws and governments cannot do, and that is to move us right out of our bodies and into a an eternal home into that kingdom. He said national force did drive Israel to the homeland. National forces of the Council of Churches will drive every organization into it. I've got to believe that these forces exist to work on the people who are the object of that force. So the national, the spirit that moves the National Council of Churches it and, and the World Council and all of the religious spirits that are there, it's moving churches into these organizations and in such a way that they don't even realize what's happening. They don't even realize this is gathering all the sheep together for the slaughter. But he says the power of God will raise the bride in the glory. Raise the bride out of it altogether. Raise her out of it altogether. Aren't you glad? God's got a power in the earth. God's got a force in the earth. And we may not see it like gravity, but I believe that force exists that will actually raise the bride in the glory and take her out of this world. He said, people, recognize your day as Jesus warned you, the sign of Sodom and the church's condition of this day. He said, look around, take stock and see what's happening around here. The world is moving in its position not because of choices but because the forces are actually pushing it in place. That's why we have the Sodom laws in our nation. That's why we have uh, you know, the conditions that we have and the crazy laws that protect all of these uh, abominations that are done uh, in our world today. It's not because people are sitting there electing gay politicians. Let me tell you, no matter who's elected, there are forces that are greater than the politicians that are moving everything in place and you realize there's another Another greater force that's at work in the bride that's moving her into her place and not allowing us to be moved into the wrong place. It's actually countering the forces that are there because if Satan would he would swallow you up just like he swallows everybody else up. But we're not subject to national forces. We're not subject to national forces. So national national uh, you know, circumstances here and the way things change in countries, let me tell you, it, it's, it's just, <laughs> it's not going to hold the bride back. There's no natural power that's going to hold the bride back. There's no armed forces that are going to hold the bride back. I think that's wonderful. The world forces this way and that way, but God forces upward. It, when you're in a force this way or that way, let me tell you, it gets pretty uncomfortable. I remember one time, and this is irrelevant, but just to say this, that I remember one time that I was in Paris, and I, I, I had a, a watch that needed to have a certain kind of strap. And I could not get this strap anywhere. And they said, somebody said to me at a, at a watch place, they said, you need to go to the winger. Is, I don't know if that's how you say win, winger or winger. And they said, you need to go to that place and, and get a part for that. And I said, well, can't I order it? And they said, well, you, you might and you might not, but uh, you know, it it's happens to be in Paris. And I said, Well, I'm going through Paris to go to somewhere in Africa or something. And I said, I, I got an overnight there. Maybe I could do it. So I went down, and uh, I, I speak enough French just to be dangerous, and uh, got directions in the subway and jumped on the subway uh, and, and headed down towards the city. And as I was heading down, the train was absolutely full. I mean, now it was—they were packed like sardines—and all of a sudden, they made an announcement. Because I was hanging out for dear life, like this, and I was squeezed uh, from every direction. But I was hanging on for dear life to this strap. And they made an announcement. The announcement said that uh, we apologize, folks, but this train is now going out of commission because there's something wrong with the engine. So you're going to have to get out of this train and wait on the on the tarmac until. The next train comes down, and you can all get in that one. Well, lo and behold, that train also was filled. So all the people who got off my train now attempted to get on this train. I know what the word squeeze means. It was rough, I'll tell you that. I didn't need to hold on to anything because I, totally, I was totally jammed. I mean, it was, you know, high. And you could say what you want, do what you want. Nobody picked your pocket. I mean, there was, there was absolutely no movement at all. It was, it was, in a sense, it was hilarious. And I thought, what a situation not to be able to get a picture because it would have been really great to do this, right, and have a have a selfie. But I couldn't do it because I couldn't get my hand anywhere. And uh, going around turns and tight turns and all the rocking of the subway train and, uh, didn't matter. Nothing mattered because you were so jammed in. And uh, you just hope that when you got to your place that there was enough people that got off that you could get off too. So, But you know what? I survived. And I got down and got the piece for the watch and still have the watch. And I'm thankful for that. Just thought I'd throw that in. Here's Brother Branham telling us that that in this last day, he said, there's going to be forces that pull people this way and this way. And we can see that, uh, especially when it comes to, uh, you know, the political thought, political thinking in our time. Politics will swing this way, and then they'll swing over this way. And we have a left side of government, we have a right side of government, we go this way and this way. And there's forces that are ex- exerted on the nation all the time. And then we look at, uh, you know, the, the struggles that go on between nations and all the rest of it here. And Brother Branham is saying that all of that, in a sense, is going to be inconsequential because there's already a force that's going to be acting on the bride when all of this is going on. I'm thankful that God put something in me that that force is capable of acting on. You got, I believe you got to have something in you that that force acts on because I believe that force exists in the world, the force of the power of the Holy Spirit, but it doesn't affect everybody, right? Everybody's not moving in the same direction you are. Everybody's not learning the same way you are. Everybody's not here. Everybody's not in the same position as the bride is. So God must have put something inside of us that that force actually affects or it acts on. It latches onto and is able to move us in the right direction and into the right place. And by God's grace, I believe He's given us that because there is, there is not anything that Satan is able to move us away from by God's grace. There's nothing that He's able to do to pull us away from. He can tempt us and He can throw things out there. Uh, He can provide all kinds of distractions, but there's, no- But the force that holds us to the tree of life is greater than any force that exists in the world. And he says, national force will not put you in the right place. National force will not bring you to the right place. Therefore, I believe it is true, we should not fear national force. We should not fear national force. Now, this is what I wanted to illustrate for you. In the future home message here, Brother Branham reads three scriptures. And he reads uh, Isaiah 65, 2 Peter chapter 3, Revelation 21, I saw new heavens and new earth. Now he says, one might think, or be led to believe, that the whole planet will be destroyed, and I make a new heaven and new earth. He said, See that heavens will be uh see that the heavens will be gone and the earth will be gone completely annihilated. By the close study with the help of the Holy Spirit, we can see the truth of this. Now remember back in the other quote I gave you, Brother Bram said there will not be a complete annihilation of the world, right? The planet will not be blown up, right? Remember that statement? He said, now it's only it's only the atmospheres around it and the sin that's upon the earth that will be destroyed. These thistles, and sickness, death, politics, sinful men and women, evil spirits, will be all gone away and annihilated. And it has to be done that way because we're going to live right here. So God created this earth to be lived on by God and his people. But God will not live on this earth in the way he did in the Garden of Eden. As long as there is thistle, sickness, death, politics, sinful men, women, evil spirits, all that. God will not come to that and mix with that. Because God doesn't mix with that. So therefore the earth is not completely destroyed and annihilated and go into powder. And God create another one. He could, but that's not what he does. But the type also is what happens to you when you're born again. Because you're still you. I'm still a coffee, still have all the genes of a coffee, and son of Frank and me. I'm still, naturally, I'm still that. But I will tell you something, that the atmosphere of sin, the atmosphere I lived in, is not there anymore, by God's grace. And the activities that I did and evil spirits and the uh you know the, the the uh the the uh desire for evil things and all the other things that I had in me, they're not there anymore because you know why? The Holy Spirit wanted to live here, and the only way he could do that is to destroy or annihilate the atmosphere of sin that was around me, and then he could come and live on the inside. So in a sense, I'm like a new heavens and a new earth because the Holy Spirit created a place for himself to come and dwell. But the only way he could do that is annihilate all of this sinful stuff that I was a part of by my first birth. God takes it all away. The frame is still there, but now he says it's not Barry that lives anymore, but Christ that lives in him. The earth is going to go through exactly the same thing. It's not a new earth, but it is all of the sin, the politics, the sinful men and women, evil spirits, all of that be done away with. And then God can come and dwell in that. And Brother Branham said, in these scriptures, he said, that's exactly what uh, is being taught. All of this exists in the heavens or atmospheres and the earth, which is now all that evil stuff. The earth holds those things. But it wasn't made for that purpose. Sin caused it to be like that. You remember, I said on Sunday that uh, Satan has a jurisdiction over somebody uh, w- until the price has been paid, right? He has a jurisdiction. And you don't want to be under the jurisdiction of, the, uh, uh, of Satan right at the moment here. And this is what Brother Bram is saying, that the earth holds those things because Satan has a hold on the earth. It has an influence on the earth. It has a sway on the earth here. And that's why we have the great drug problem that we have in our world that's not easily solved. That's why we have the immigration problems that we have in the world. That's not easily solved. That's why we have the economic problems in our world that are not easily solved because Satan's not a peacemaker. He's a peace stealer, right? And so you have all of the sicknesses and the viruses and all the other things that happen in the earth here Because Satan has a hold on it here, just like Satan had a hold on you when you were a sinner. But one day God came and said, that's it, take your hands off God's property, that's mine now, and I'm going to renovate it completely and step inside there, and I'm going to inhabit that. And God's going to do exactly the same way with this earth. All of our bodies that we live in now, all of our bodies that we live in now, that's you, He says, was put here in the earth when God created it because we are out of the dust of the earth. It was all laying here. When God himself created it, you were in his thinking and in him the great eternal was the attribute. And he says, and now sin caused all this to happen and God through this age is gathering up his material. You know what? When he's got all the material, he's got all the members of the bride of Christ, he's going to say, that's it, Satan, you got to take your hands. He's already bled on the earth and paid the price. Do you agree with that? He's already redeemed the earth. He just hasn't taken possession of it yet. One day he's going to lift the bride off and renovate the earth and it'll burn and it'll become a place fit for him and his subjects. And it'll be beautiful. Just like compared to what you were, you're beautiful in the eyes of God. Now you may not think you're beautiful. I'm reminded every day when I look in the mirror that I'm not beautiful. I, I don't like what I'm becoming, you know, physically but I'm thankful for what God made me. Can I say that? I love what God's doing in me without falling in love with me. There's a difference. When you fall in love with you, we got a problem, right? But I love what God's doing in me. I don't like what age is doing to me, but I love what God's doing in me. Am I okay? Am I still unsafe around? Follow me here. I am excited about where God's taken the real me. I'm not excited about where this is going, but I'm excited about where God's taken the real me. And I love that. I love that because I know where God picked me up out of. I have ended a sentence with a preposition. That's something I really, really do. But Brother Branham said sin caused all of that to happen. And God, through this age, he says, gathering up his material. Once he gathers up all that material, you know what? He shuts it down. And he says, that's it. That's it. Now I'm going to renovate this earth and make it a habitable place. Just like he made you a habitable place for his own spirit, his own life, to come and dwell inside you. God did that by his grace because he wanted to partner with you. He wanted to fellowship with you. Are we okay? So this experience has to happen before that experience happens. But they're exactly the same. They're identical. God renovates this. Still the same frame, but God renovates it so he can live inside of it and do things through it. God's going to take the earth, renovate it. So all the sin, the evil, the, the diseases, everything else, all of it would have to go. Same quote out of Future Home. Satan is still here. That's the reason all these things happen. He's still here, and all of his forces are still here. That's why the earth is so filthy. That's why the scum and ridiculous things that goes on, bloodshed, war, politics, sin, adultery, filthiness goes on, because Satan is the ruler of this earth and this atmosphere. He's still here. And you know what? He's still here in the earth and influences the earth. And he's still here and would influence you if you open the door and let him. He can't take away your eternal life, but he can influence you because he's still here. If all of this is true, and I've thrown in a lot here, it's a Wednesday night, if all of this is true, then you know what? Troubles then happen for reasons. And in all of it, God is really trying to bring something out of all of us to prepare us for that because everything now is being prepared for that for that time when God will actually inhabit and dwell and dwell in more than just a baptism of the Holy Spirit form but he will actually live with us in in this earth in the earth renovated but in that process he says we go through many things, many of the afflictions of the righteous. Tomorrow morning I have to preach a funeral, and it, it is—it's been said that no parent should ever have to bury a child. It's—it's a—it's a really really tough thing, and I have to do that tomorrow morning uh, for my neighbors. They're not—they're—they—they uh, asked me if I would uh, officiate at that ceremony. And then on Saturday I have to do another one for another brother. A tractor roll over on him and kill him. Uh, instantly, and uh, it's just you know sad to see somebody taken away so quickly and so tragically from this life without always having explanations, but here's Brother Brandon letting us know that we can't ask to be immune from trouble because it's always something behind it that God makes it work just right for all of us because all things work together for good to them that love God, and you remember I showed you this picture before this is the the lodgepole pine. And it just happens to be a pine tree that doesn't reproduce until and unless these cones get in a circumstance where the temperature climbs super high, like from a forest fire. And as soon as those cones get in that high intense heat, they open up and release their seeds and they begin to grow immediately. So right after forest fires, there are certain trees that God actually put in the earth that immediately begin to grow. And they don't reproduce, they don't grow until they encounter that forest fire, that intense destruction that goes on. But even in the midst of that, God's got something in there that's going to come out that's good and we will all of a sudden see new life. And only God could think of so many things like this. And I will tell you that... There's all kinds of things that happen to us in life that we don't have answers for. We don't have answers as to why, uh, you know, children uh, go through what they go through and death happens in certain times and circumstances. There are things that are are going to happen, you know, among us and people we know that we don't have answers for. And it's then when your faith is going to have to be stronger than the circumstance that people are facing. But even in the midst of the worst of those things, God's got, for some reason, God's got, he'd already got it planned out. And he, and he said, I'm going to put something good, I'm going to embed something good in that. So good will come out of it, even if it just looks bad to everybody else. And from everybody's perspective, it looks bad. I'm still going to do something good here. And only God can do that. Brother Branham was going through this examination and he said, the doctor said to him, Billy, don't you think those Pentecostal people are just excited? And he said, no, sir, I don't. It's the unseen force of the Holy Ghost that moves us and moves among us. It excites the born-again spirit. It brings an excitement to that spirit. The power of God foams through. Faith comes by hearing. The Holy Ghost takes the word and spreads it out over the people to catch it with the regenerated and the born-again. Something's got to cry out. We react to that. The unseen force of the Holy Spirit. Aren't you glad there is an unseen force to the Holy Spirit? Let's have our musicians just slip out and come on up to the front here. Brother Ram says, no. He says, I don't think that they're crazy. I don't think they're just excited. I don't think they're just enthusiastic here. I think there's a force that's moving those people. There's something that's in those people that when the Holy Spirit passes by, it catches something that's inside them and, and excites them. It brings them a measure of faith. It brings them uh, to the place where uh, they they catch something, and it excites them. And they, hey we realize that we're not only a part of this world here, but God's actually moving us into another dimension. He's moving us a little bit higher. And, and you know, we, we we look back over the last couple of years and the different things that have happened and uh, happened in the world and so forth. None of us would ever want to go back and say, man, I'd like to do that again. But every one of us, I believe, when we come through it all, we realize, you know what, we're still here. By God's grace, we're still here. We're still standing. We're still believing the message. And we're still trusting God. Matter of fact, trusting God even more than what we did. And Lord, we know that uh, it gives us courage to know that whatever is next, whatever comes next, we'll be able to face that as well. Because the God who saw us through is the God who will take us through in no matter what we face. And who knows what tomorrow will hold. But you know what? The way I look at it more and more is that it really doesn't matter what tomorrow holds. Because God has proven himself real in my life. He's proven himself real among the bride of Christ. And he's not going to lose her. He's not going to forsake her. He's not going to turn his back on her. He's in it for the whole distance. He's in it until we get over on the other side. And only then will he slip away and go back to Israel. And so we should remind ourselves of that continually. We should rehearse that continually. That God has got us here for a reason. And no matter what comes next, it's going to be all right. Let's stand to our feet. Let's stand to our feet. It's going to be all right. Because His power is what's going to keep us alive. It's His power that's going to move us in the right direction. It's His power that's going to get us to where we need to be. I believe that's true. And I believe that God has... Uh, the right word in season to bring that to pass. I believe he surely does. Let's sing.
4: Some glad morning when this life is o'er Oh, I'll, I'll fly away To a home On God's celestial shore I will fly away I'll fly away, oh glory, I will fly away, I'll not die, hallelujah, by and by, I will fly away, and when the shadows of this life have a bird Uh I
3: something in us that is attracted to the force of the holy spirit that moves in this last day force that moves the bride into position a force that helps us to make right decisions and choices which we know really is an influence of that invisible amoya the unseen force that is your presence lord there's a presence that deals with us privately and personally But there's a presence also that's at work among your bride all over the earth. And it's not a national force. We're not waiting for laws to be passed in our favor. We're just waiting on you, Lord. And when you move, we want to move with it. When you press, Lord, we want to be affected by that. Lord, may your force become so strong in our lives that we would never, ever be able to resist may we be anointed like finney was lord in speaking the truth may dear god you just help us always to be sensitive to that force because lord we want to be moving in the right direction we want to find that place that you have for us just like enoch lord as he walked in a very ungodly world in a situation that was not sanctified by any stretch But yet, Lord, you moved him, and he responded, and he walked in a way that pleased you. May, Lord, we have that same kind of a walk. Because that walk took him out, Lord, we want that same walk to take us out. We believe we have a place in that kingdom, and Lord, we're depending on you. We give you thanks, Lord, for this time we can have together in your presence. And Lord, may you just continue to minister to your bride. Bless our assembly. Bless balance of our week, lord we place it all into your hands now in jesus lovely and holy name we pray meet every need heal every sick person that reaches out to you lord and we'll give you praise and honor in jesus name and for your glory we pray amen
4: amen sing as you go we are the generation we're the culmination, the final voice the world will hear. Coming up, the Lord is near. Living out the revelation and overcoming sin's temptation. Truth will go, in every tongue and nation. Yes, we are the chosen generation. We are the generation where the common